Welcome to GAG, the Eating with Head and Neck Cancer Treatment Podcast. I'm your host, Devon McLaren, and this show is all about the vernacular of head and neck cancer treatment. What do I mean by that? There's a whole new life and language to learn after head and neck cancer treatment, and on this show, I endeavour to crack open the subtleties of the side effects that treatment affords us as patients. It's the show for patients, carers and medical practitioners to hear from lived experience and my particular passion is food and living your best food life after treatment. If you'd like to be part of this community, I'd encourage you to subscribe to GAG the newsletter. There's a link in the show notes below. In the meantime, grab your favourite beverage or your walking shoes and let's get started. Hello there and thank you for joining me here today on this, the 68th episode of GAG, Eating with Head and Neck Cancer. I'm going to do something a little bit different today. I'm actually going to read from a post that I've um, written for the newsletter GAG. So it's going to be a bit of a weird mix of me narrating, talking, going off on a tangent Uh, because I'm just trying different things. I'm trying to ensure that I give readers, listeners uh, every chance to be able to digest the information that I spend loving hours slaving over. So if it sounds a bit stilted today, that's why. So this episode, episode 68, uh, is all about... Making sure that your food life is um, managed by you. Um, it, and in fact, the name of the post was uh, Your Food Life is Too Important to Leave to the Professionals, Part 1. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And managing your food life after head and neck cancer treatment requires careful consideration and attention. And in my experience, that never stops. I was sitting outside today having my lunch in the sun thinking at what point do I draw the line in the sand about stopping talking about treatment, the side effects of treatment. Um, It's really hard because as I get further and further away from where I am, uh, other people who might be just discovering me here uh, possibly at the beginning of their journey. So I'm just trying to work out what's the best mix for everybody. So, you know, it, there's something new in all of this for everybody. I know that this attention to uh, your food um, life never stops and they, in inverted commas, never tell you this. I've never actually ever had anyone sit me down and say, you know, Yvonne, this is going to be forever uh, or for six months or for six years or, in my case, forever. Uh, And why would they? They don't know. No one knows. You don't know. And it's different for each and every one of us. There are so many variations of what people can and can't do with their food after treatment, depending on what treatment you've had. And if you're lucky enough uh, not to be f- tube-fed permanently, you know that in itself is a bit of an issue. Um, and I have to be honest, I sometimes feel really envious when I read that others have had the exact same treatment as me 
and in that I mean, you know, roughly the same amount of tongue removed, same side, same tonsils, same lymph nodes, radio, chemo, and they are eating food relatively easily. They sail through their food journey within hours, days or weeks of treatment. And I think, wow, how lucky are you to be able to do that? Uh, eating something solid, eating something with a bit of kick, you know, citrus, chilli, um, but without gagging or coughing or regurgitating it like a seabird, as I say. And while consulting professionals is crucial to your active involvement, it's also vital for a successful food recovery. Uh, and I wrote the Mind Food Body Program um, in response to this because I felt that there was a definite lack in people or in information and resources out there for people like me to actually have some sort of pathway or program that they could follow outside of the auspices of your medical team. But what happens when you get home? When you get home with your carer or you are the carer and you're trying to cook for someone or prepare meals or go food shopping or, you know, the million other little things that happen as a result of a food life. Uh, If you're a pain subscriber, in the next couple of days in part two of this post, I'm going to offer free access to my 90-minute five-module social eating method workshop. I did this workshop... Oh, I don't know, a few months ago now, well, probably possibly even a year ago, and I actually recorded it. And um, it's a little workshop that has 90 minutes worth of virtual me uh, talking to you about how I actually went about creating my best food life. All the things that I did step by step, my goals, how I wrote things down, how I went about being physically active, exercise, drugs, you name it, I cover it. So if you're a paid subscriber, that's coming up in part two. Uh, there are some more access to resources on Gumroad. They are not free. They are um, paid resources, and that's Gumroad, Yvonne McLaren with two Cs. The six salient points that I want to make about um you know, leaving your food life to professionals. The first thing is uh, you've got to devise some personalised nutrition. Now, I actually never met a dietitian in my whole journey. I did speak with that person a couple of times on the phone. Uh, I suspect they thought that I kind of had a handle on it, and I probably did to a degree, Um But professionals like dietitians can provide valuable guidance and tailored to your specific needs. And that kind of depends on what sort of treatment you've undergone, your current health status, any dietary restrictions. Uh, However, you've got a unique preference and sensitivities that should also be considered. And I'd really highly recommend that you communicate openly with dietitians and any professionals around your food to create a plan that aligns with their expertise 
and your preferences. Easier said than done, I realise, but um, I've had a background in nutrition to a degree in that uh, my mother was a bit before her time in the 60s and 70s, so I learnt all about micronutrients and inflammation and... um, I was seeing a naturopath at the age of 10, I think, because I had some uh, serious headache issues as a young child growing up. The second salient point is managing taste changes. You know, cancer treatments can cause alterations in taste perception and that makes certain foods unappealing, um, or I always call it the wet cardboard flavour. So you've got to explore different flavours and textures and experiment with seasoning and find things that you really enjoy. And I would suggest that you don't hesitate to share that experience with anyone in your medical team. Uh, They may well offer strategies to address taste changes after treatment. And I used... um, Time, mostly. Uh, I was very, I guess, lucky. You know, I I got my sense of taste back relatively quickly, I think, from memory. It certainly didn't go on for months and months and months. Maybe a few months, but um, no longer than that. Um, The third thing is texture and swallowing issues. Head and neck cancer treatment can affect your ability to swallow and tolerate certain textures. I am always banging on about this because I suffer from quite bad dysphagia now and I notice all sorts of things affect my dysphagia, whether it's weather, temperature, uh, how much water I've drunk, how much saliva I'm producing, what exercise I've done, what sort of mental mood I'm in, uh, what I've eaten the day before, how much salt, how much yogurt, how much dairy, all those things affect my swallow Uh, and at the moment I'm personally going through an issue where my teeth are moving so much that they're actually cutting the inside of my lips so I'm having some issues around painful uh, chewing and biting if you like. Uh, Professionals can provide guidance on modifying food textures for you and things like IDSI, the International Dysphagia Diet Standardisation Initiative, I'll say that again, IDSI, I-double-D-S-I, International Dysphagia Diet Standardisation Initiative. No one ever mentions it. It's really good. Look it up. Uh, If you do the workshop with me... um, We go through that and they give you some resources that you can actually access those. And I found IDSI really useful. It's a worldwide template, for a better word, um, and discusses all sorts of textures and liquids that may be suitable for you. And it really is something that I believe our speech-language pathologist and our dietitian should be teaching and telling every head and neck cancer patient about. Um, The fourth thing is meal planning and preparation. Uh, Professionals can offer meal plans that meet your nutritional requirements. I'm yet to see that, but I'm to understand that somewhere on this globe, uh, and it may be New Zealand, I can't quite remember, but someone... Someone speaks language pathologist or a dietitian actually created them 
a meal plan. Uh, certainly didn't happen for me and I had to work that out on my own. And it's tricky because, as I've mentioned previously, it's so different for each and every one of us in terms of what's happened to us with our swallow as a result of our side effects. Again, if you do the workshop with me, I give you a template to work out your meal planning uh, shopping list potentially what to cook, what food to buy, how to combine all that food into different meals um, throughout the week. <clears throat> uh, the fifth thing is hydration and mouth care. Uh, staying The one thing I learned was staying hydrated is vital for recovery. And I, I will never forget a nurse telling me that um, uh, hydrate or dehydration as it is, can often lead to depression. Now, I remember this person saying this to me when I was going through radiotherapy, and we all know that if you have to go and do that and they're burning you like a pork crackle in a Weber barbecue, then hydration is super-duper important. Um, you know, and, and it's up to you to monitor your hydration levels and adjust your intake accordingly. And I made sure that I really stayed on top of that water. I couldn't physically swallow water. Uh, I went through a thickened water stage. I went through the peg tube stage for 18, 19 months. Uh, and then it was actually my, um, my personal fitness trainer who taught me how to drink water out of a plastic squirt bottle at my outdoor fitness class. Mike and Anki made me, made me, made me. Mike particularly, drink water, Yvonne, drink water, Yvonne. And it really just, it was repetitive training, 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 not only from a physical exercise point of view, but also from drinking water out of a bottle whilst I was out. So hydration is incredibly important, along with your mouth care um you know and I, I don't mean to gloss over these things but i do talk about these in the workshop to some depth about what i did mouth care and hydration uh, is really uh, important in terms of making sure that you're going to live your best food life now and going forward into the future and by mouth care i mean being on top of pain i mean um, getting yourself a water picture flossing that sort of thing so look, I think, uh, you know, in summing up, let's be honest, there's no one, and I mean no one really understands your emotional connection to food, uh, let alone works with you on addressing this after treatment. I know there are some very lucky individuals on this planet that have had amazing speeches, that have worked with them, that have worked with them on their uh, emotional level, their mental health levels, their diet, their food, um, Unfortunately, I wasn't one of them and I know that many of you out there who are listening to me and reading and my posts, um, it hasn't happened for you either. So I'm hoping that I just fill a very, very tiny little gap in some of your uh, transitioning to a better food life by giving you what I did and what worked for me. So... I'll wrap that up for this episode, episode 68 of GAG. And uh, keep your eyes out for part two. Um, it will be in the, well, in fact, but at the time of recording, it's actually been posted live on the 1st of September. 
Uh, so just to reiterate, if you're a paid member, you can come along and hang with me virtually for a while and go through the workshop. And it really is just like doing a workshop with a workbook. Um, I take you through the areas and the things that I did to make sure that I had a great work, um, food life. Okay, everybody, until the next episode, thanks for joining me here today. Uh, as always, look after yourself, look after someone else, and remember to be Thank you for listening to Gag and the No Feeding Tube Show with Yvonne Grace McLaren. I'd love to invite you to come over to my friendly community on Facebook, ask questions and share stories about your food life. This podcast is all about the patient food experience following head and neck cancer treatment. A podcast sharing our food life one story at a time.